speaks to, you know, just that general fact. All of us have something on a regular basis that we need to reset in life. Can you say amen? amen. And so it's important to, to recognize that God gives us place for that. You know, the scripture that, that I felt the Lord gave me for this, um, you know, reflects that it's not a one-time thing. It's not a once-a-year thing. It's, it's part of the reason why I wanted to do this series is that we, we can tend to do New Year's resolutions, but we need to embrace the idea that uh, it's always a new day resolution. Every single day, can be a new day in the Lord. And so I want to read our scripture from this series as we wrap up the series today. Uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Each and every morning, God is waiting on you. Every single morning, he's waiting on you. Will you wake up and will you seek him? And when you allow him, by his power, to reset your life. We uh, learned that the word reset means to get the system working for its intended purpose. To set again or anew. To make things new. To live a life. Remember our first, let me give you the, 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 the breakdown of that, that. That our first message was reset life. The second one was reset heart. The third reset mind and the fourth was the reset voice. Last week I talked about our voice being reset that we're able to uh, communicate and speak the things that God uh, speaks to us, the things that God intends for our lives. And this week I want to talk about reset hands, how to reset your hands, That, that all of that should lead into action for us, that we are actually doing things that reflect our heavenly father, that, that reflect that we are following Christ, not just of of uh, mental assent, not just vocalizing it, but actions following what it is we say we believe, what it is we voice that we believe, and that it comes with the actual actions to follow. Amen? So to live a life where we can always evaluate where we are and where we want to be, that reset life, for that to be possible, it is possible because of God's grace. God is the one that makes it possible for us to reset our life. It allows us to reset our heart, our mind, our voice, our hands, and what we feel, if you will, what we think, what we say, what we do. When I, when I, in speaking of the resetting our hands, I'm speaking about, uh, the actions. Uh, we can have faith, if you will. Um, we can believe certain things, but faith without corresponding action will not equal results. If we profess that, if we say we believe that, then it's got to come with the actions so that we can see the result of our actions. Can you say amen? Amen. So to do that, what's it take? You need a process. You need a process. You've got to have a a way to get there, if you will. And so uh, I'm going to give you three things in the process this morning. You could add to them if you want to, but I want to give you three specific things in your process that you need. Clarify your purpose. Need to clarify your purpose. Know your why. Why is it that you follow the Lord? Why, why is it that you live this life we call the Christian life? Clarify your purpose. Know the why. Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, "You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail." We can make all kinds of plans in our life. We can say that that I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But know this: God's plans will prevail. But when we look at Uh, the world and everything that's going on there's all kinds of plans that are being made but make no mistake about it if you've read the bible you'll find out in the end god's plan will prevail 
And, and so when we, when we embrace that, what happens is, is that it's not something we're waiting on uh, one day when, when Jesus comes back or we're in heaven and, and all God's plan is, here it is, it's happening, God's plan is prevailing, but rather we can be in God's plan now. We can know our why right now and be living that so that when we land in that moment of standing before the Lord in that final day, in the end, it's not something like, oh, that was your purpose, that was your plan. But now we know our why and we live for that, amen? Amen. <laughs> Job 42 and 2 says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Clarify your purpose. If no purpose of God can be thwarted, then to tie your purpose to God's purpose means that nothing that you set your hand to, nothing that you set your mind to, nothing that you set your heart to can be thwarted in this life. Amen? The second thing is clarify your principles. Clarify your principles. Know your what? Know the what? You know, if I know my purpose, I need to know how I'm going to get to the fulfillment of that purpose. Amen? 2 Chronicles 6, 9 says this, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And think about that. God's eyes are searching the earth to and fro. It's going back and forth, and it's looking for people whose hearts are truly committed to him. So, so let me say that. When, when I'm saying know your principles, you, you know, there may be all kinds of principles that you can draw out of scripture, but, but, scripture, but let me say this, that, that it's drawing out of Scripture that idea of being wholeheartedly committed to the Lord. Think about it this way. Jesus said this. In all the law and the prophets, all the commands that were given, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, a new command I give you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Another area says, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. When you get down to it, it's really this, that God is looking for people that are looking for him. And we know that he's the good shepherd and he finds us, but ultimately in the, in the process of that, is that he's searching the earth to and fro. He's looking to find us, but he's looking for a people who's looking to find him. He's looking for a people that will be committed to him. And when he finds those people, he'll strengthen them. What, what, what's that lead into? If, if you know your purpose, you know your why, then the what, being committed to the Lord, loving him with all your heart, is going to bring his strength in your life to fulfill the purpose that you have in this life. Amen? Micah 6.8 says this in the Amplified Version. He has told you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you except to be just, principle, to be just, to love, and to diligently practice kindness, compassion, and to walk humble with your God, setting aside an overblown sense of importance and self-righteousness. Those last two are the antithesis of the principles that will lead you into success in God's purpose in your life. That, that what happens is, is you know your what. When you're clear on your what, the principles of what's leading your life, you're going to fulfill your purpose, and there's no way that you won't. Why? Because God will strengthen you, give you the ability, and that leads me into my third point here, and that is clarify your origin of power. Clarify your origin of power. Where does it come from? It's, you know, origin doesn't just mean where it came from. Origin also means when it began. It's beginning See, we live in this time in history, 
but God was yesterday, today, and forevermore. So when you think about the origin of God's power at work in your life, before, before the earth was formed, before the foundations of the earth was laid, the Bible says the Lamb of God was slain. You and I were on God's mind before the earth was ever formed. And when the Lamb of God was slain, you and I were on God's mind. The origin of God's power for our life did not begin when, when we all of a sudden became aware of him. The origin of God's power for our life has always been. It is and always will be. And when you get that revelation, it doesn't matter what you're facing that comes against your purpose. Your principles of what God's word says, says that if I follow God, if I follow the principles of God's word for my purpose in him, he gives me the power then to fulfill that. Can you say amen? Uh, sorry, I find my spot. <laughs> All right, Exodus nine sixteen. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you. And that my name may, that my name may de- be declared in all the earth. Tongue-tied this morning. I'm dry is what it is. We need snow, folks. Let me read that again. Listen to this. But indeed, for this purpose, that's right back into our first point. For this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. There, there's a reason, there's a purpose that God gives us power, and that's to declare who he is so that others can come into a relationship with him and experience what it is to have eternal purpose, what it is to live by the principles of God. Hey, listen, here's the deal. Every single one of us that are raising kids or, or, or raised kids or been raised by parents, uh, there are rules. Do you have rules in your household? 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 Sure. Probably more than you'd like, right? Okay. And when we read the word of God, I'm just playing, hun. I hope I didn't. <laughs> Scared you. I, I'm sorry. Look, we have rules. And those rules, whether they're guidelines. They help to keep us safe. They help to keep us on track. It helped to keep us, you know, on pace with a sense of purpose. I mean, if you think about raising your kids, you know, number one, I want to raise them so one day they're going to take care of themselves, right? Get out on their own, right? We raise them in all those principles. We raise them in love. We raise them in humility. We raise them with a sense of forgiveness. For, you know, I, I remember setting uh, Wade and Vanessa and Danielle. Uh, they're all different. We're all different. I mean, imagine being God and a parent to all of us. All I know is raising three kids, how different they were. They came from the same two people, but somehow all three of them were very different. Vanessa was the one that if, if something went wrong and, and she was in the wrong or, or they were in a fight and it's like, you know, you need to apologize, Wade and Danielle would be like, I'm sorry. Vanessa would be like, and I'd say, you, you're not going anywhere until you say you're sorry. She just sat there, and it was like the battle of the wills, right? Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? I say this all the time because it's the, it's the spot in Scripture where we see Jesus wrestling the most with his purpose. And he has to submit to a principle, 
Jesus had to submit? Yes. The Bible says he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And here Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane wrestling with God's purpose for his life, his will. So the will, Jesus, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But he has this attitude towards the Father, being connected to divine purpose. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And in that moment, what happens, Jesus yields his will, his his. You know, how can I get around it and, and still fulfill my purpose but not go the way God, follow the principle that God set before me that I have to follow? And Jesus came down in servanthood, and what happened was God lifted him up in kingship. And he was born a king, isn't that right? But he died a suffering savior, servant to all mankind, taking on all of our sin so that we could be free of sin. Amen. Uh, Acts 1, 4 through 8, when we think of the origin of our power. And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus it is, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, you, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Now, pause there for a second. Here's what, what's going on. Jesus is, is speaking to them about the origin of power. Think about it. The earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. That's the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then he says, let the firmament appear, and all of a sudden the firmament, meaning you know, dirt and grass and all that stuff starts to come forth in creation. But it was God's spirit, power, the origin of, it, origin of it at the beginning is at work. And Jesus is now saying that same spirit that hovered over the face of the deep, that hovered over the earth, now hovers over God's creation. Watch. Uh, from dust you came and to dust you will return. You're all dirt. We're all dirt. You know, when you think about the colors of the soil throughout the world, I don't know if you've ever heard this scientifically. So... Uh, you know, if you think of the song, they are precious in his uh, red and yellow, black and white, right? That's the color of the soils. We came from earth, and to earth we will return. And where the Spirit of God hovered over God's creation, the earth, the Spirit of God now hovers over God's creation, each and every one of us that has the breath of God in us, the power of God working in us to bring about his purpose, to live by his principles so that we can function in his power. Amen? Now, from there, uh, the kingdom of Israel, so the disciples, what they do is, is rather than see what Je- Jesus was offering them eternal, uh, he was, he is, he is to come. They start just looking at the temporal. Can you see that? Not much unlike us. Looking at the temporal, we restore the kingdom now. Are you going to come and, and look, these Romans are ruling over us. Are you going to come back now and deal with them so we can be in charge? We want to be in power. They're in power over us. Will you restore the kingdom now? Yeah, I'm going to restore it, but not the way you think I'm going to restore it. I'm going to bring the kingdom and God's power and his glory on the inside of you when my spirit comes and fills you. Let's go on and read and look at what it says. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. By the way, word authority there is a word for power as well. But you shall receive power, that's dunamis, uh, 
uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Look at what he ties it back to. I'm giving you this power. Walk in my principles and fulfill my purpose. Go into all the world, and you'll be my witnesses in all the world. Can you see that? So, write this down. Remember that God's power is always tied to his principles and his purpose. God's power at work in our life is always tied to his principles, the precepts of his word, if you will. And it's always going to lead us into purpose. So how to reset our hands? We need to take action. When we know this about our life, when we clarify that this is what my why is, my purpose, when we, when we get into the word of God and we're seeing his principles about how to live, honor, to respect, to love, to forgive, to serve, all of those things as they play into the context of, of, of God's purpose for our life, it rolls us right into a responsibility. And that responsibility is to take action. Take action. In taking action, we need to do three things. One, decide to do something. It's your decision. Decide to do it. The only way, the only way that action you know, is possible is if you decide to do something. Proverbs sixteen twenty seven through 29 says, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. And evil men sow strife. Uh, gossip separates the best of friends. Wickedness loves company and leads others into sin. You, you see there, that's not the, something you want to be doing. But know that when you become idle, when you're not doing something in the context of God's purpose for your life, what happens is it'll lead to an idleness that you're going to end up doing something. It just won't be the something that falls into God's purpose for your life. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says this. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have made it. This is, you see a lot of action going on here that I've made it, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. That's that God's searching for us. We need to search for him. He's looking and searching for someone that will be committed to him. Um, so as he's wonderfully reached out to me, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal, the purpose, where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. This is a, I've taken action. I'm going to pursue the purpose that God has for me. And I'm not turning back from that purpose. I'm going to keep learning the principles of God so that I can come before the Lord knowing this, that he will empower me when my heart is set on his purpose to, to know him and to make him known to everybody that I possibly can. He will give me power for that. Amen. So write this down. Don't put off to tomorrow what you know can be done today. Don't put off to tomorrow what you know can be done today. How many of us are procrastinators? Lord knows I am too. But when God sets down on you and begins to speak something to your heart with regard to his purpose for your life, don't put it off to tomorrow. Seize the day. Make the most of today with your relationship with God and watch his power begin to work. His power will work according to his word. Look, 
He said, I, I sent my word out into the earth and it will not return to me void. When we're following the principles of God's word and, and living our life by that, they're not going to return void to God. They will accomplish what he sent it to accomplish. What does he send it to accomplish? He sent it to accomplish that you might have life and life more abundantly, that the promises of God are yes and amen to you, and you can trust that when you're following God, he will bring that about as you submit to him. Two, decide not to grow tired. (laughs) Decide not to grow tired. Now, I get that we all get tired, but how do you know when you get tired? You know, uh, I remember being in the military, and, um, you know, how many know you, you kind of need eight hours of sleep a night? Give me an amen. Now, if you've got a newborn baby, you're thinking, yeah, I function on three to four. Um, but, but they say, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep is the, the healthiest it can be for you. Um, and so as, you, as you're trained that way and you think that way, um, you know, you get to a point of where you go in 12, you know, 14, 15 hours in a day, and then you're like, I got to go to bed. Correct? Isn't that right? You got to rest. It's important to rest. Uh, you get tired if you don't rest. And there's an element of getting into God's word and being in prayer to where it gives you a spiritual rest that you can't get any other way. But I remember being in the military, and my mindset was, I can't go more than 24 hours without sleep. I mean, maybe 30. Maybe I could make it 30, but, man, I'm too tired. How many of you, you know, go about your day and think, I just want to go, you know, 48 hours without sleep? Anybody think that way? Right? And most military folks will know that. I remember going uh, 48 hours without sleep. And you, you really start to break down. I mean, you're not functioning. I mean, you know, I could remember still doing things, but it was like other parts of me was disconnected. I wasn't even, I wasn't even where I thought I was. It's, it's like, you know, I'm sitting here doing overlays and, and, and we're doing the, you know, our strategic move and what we're going to do, you know, the, for battle. And, uh, and I'm doing all of this, and it's got to get out to everybody by a certain time, and so there's just no sleep. And my lieutenant comes up, and I guess he was talking to me. Well, I didn't know he was talking to me for like five you know, minutes trying to get my attention, and I literally was not responding to him. I'm just doing my thing. Done. Next. Next. He's like, Sissel, Sissel. And I, I literally couldn't register that he was there. And, and he shakes me, and I'm like, yes? He goes, I've been talking to you for five minutes. I'm like, what? You know, I wasn't cognizant of that. He goes, uh, you need to go sleep right now. And I remember I went and laid down, and uh, I, uh, I had a dream of, of a big machine you know, driving next to me. And I woke up, and it was actually within five feet of me. I was laying on my cot. <laughs> Another time I came home, I was so tired, I remember I went to, uh, went to bed and uh, fell asleep and, and uh, you know, woke up and I looked at Angie and I said, you want to go to the PX today? And she goes, well, do you want to go to church? And I said, yeah, tomorrow. She said, no, church is today. I'm like, no. No, I got home on Friday. I, I slept all night, but it's Saturday, honey. She goes, no, it's Sunday. You slept. All of Saturday, you didn't even wake up. I came in and checked to see if you were still alive a number of times. But, but there's that aspect. And all of us have those different moments, right, where, where we can get tired. But you've got you to gotta make a decision not to get tired spiritually. How do you do that? How do you do that? 
recognize what God has said about you. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the Amplified. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Oftentimes we become, uh, again, like I said, we get tired and we have to rest. The key to not getting tired spiritually is finding those places of rest. See, sometimes we go and we go and we go and we don't actually rest spiritually. We, we don't find that place to take a break. See, every single one of us, we're in the grind every day, doing our work, doing our job, raising kids, getting to the sports. I got three of them. I got to get that one there by that time, that one there. And we're running a hundred different directions and, and physically we can get tired. But spiritually, if we never take times of rest, we're going to get tired. And that's when bad things can happen. Can you say amen? And the way we rest is we get in the word of God and we find out what he's saying about us, what his intent with all the things we're facing that we find out what God says about all of that. Because we can be overwhelmed with with those things and start to think that God's not for us and start to think that life's never going to get any better than this and it's always just going to be difficult. But that's not what God is saying in this scripture. And when you read it and you're in one of those places, it's like taking a spiritual nap. It wakes you back up inside. It gives you an energy that nothing else can. Can you say amen? Galatians 6, 9 uh, says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And just, uh, excuse me, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Now, King James says that we'll reap if we do not faint. I also love how, how the Bible tells us that having done all to stand, stand therefore. And it starts going into the spiritual principles of the armor of God and, and having the armor of God. I'm not going to go into all that today, but I'm saying there's so many scriptures that you can get into that's going to give you such confidence that God is there for you and that in the midst of his purpose his principles are always going to lead you to his power not your power but his power working in you and you are able to do a whole lot more in God's power than you'll ever do in your own can you say amen so under that um, don't let your focus wander from destiny and you won't be drained of your energy Don't let your focus wander from destiny, and you won't be drained of your energy. The third thing, decide to be ready for a harvest. Decide to be ready for a harvest. Luke 10, 2. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Now, now just to bring that back. Decide to be ready for a harvest. Decide that, that God wants to bless you uh, in your health. God wants to bless you in your finances. He wants to bless you in your relationships. You make the decision that these are things that God has said in his word that he wants for you. And you make that decision for yourself. Because oftentimes we can read what God's word says. It's not going on in our life and it must not be for me. That's not true. you got to decide that there's a harvest waiting on you. When you line up with the principles of what God's word says about you, can you say amen? When you do that, the harvest is ready to come, and here's what happens. Then you gotta, you got to kind of hit that place, hit your knees. Why? We need other people in our life. We're not meant to do life alone. Part of the reason we become weary is we don't 
we don't pray that God will send laborers in. Look, I want God to send laborers into my harvest. I want him to send laborers in. I, I can think of times in our marriage when we were at it and could, just felt like we weren't going to make it. And all of a sudden, here's a, a Christian intercessor. You remember that? She's, she's at a loss. I'm at a loss. My friend Tom Hendershot, who I was stationed in the military in Germany when I first came to the Lord, he's a guy that discipled me. And I remember being on the phone and talking to him at times, and he's encouraging me. You know what? He was a laborer in my harvest because it began to change the way I thought. He was sharing the principles of God's word, reminding me of my purpose, and the power of God began to restore me and set me back in the right place to where I knew this. No matter what my circumstance was, my circumstance didn't dictate what God intended for me. And then what happened? I start to treat Angie like I should treat her. Now, vice versa, uh, a lady that she met in the church and Angie's frustrated with me, and, and she's talking about those things, you know, with that intercessor. And the, I remember the intercessor, you said, she's like, okay, honey, let me just correct some of your thinking, right? Principles of God, reminding of her purpose, reminding her of my purpose. Matter of fact, I, I remember at that point in my life, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be in ministry. I told you a few weeks ago that I'd go to church, and people would walk up and say, hey, are you a pastor? I'd be like, man, I'm out of here. On and on. And that lady, and you know what? Angie kept speaking God's purpose into me. And, and we're ministering to one another. All of a sudden, by having those laborers in our life, we're praying, God, we need people because we're not, we're not communicating well. I've got a fence. She's got a fence. We're not forgiving. We're not following the principles of God and therefore getting so far from our purpose in God and so far away from the power of God able to work in our lives. But as those laborers came into our lives, they began to work for our harvest. We need to do that for one another. Can you say amen? And sure enough, wouldn't you know it, shortly thereafter, Angie and I start to come into a harvest. We started to talk about it after we got through that season, right? It was like, man, our merit, this is better than it was when we first met. We've been through a few other seasons like that, and you know what? It, keeps, it, it moves, it gets better. Why? Because we grow up. Come on, say amen. We actually grow up, start to realize it's not about us. We start to become like our Savior, and the attitude is, is you know what? My purpose is not, it's not me and self-righteousness and self-focus. It's servanthood. I want to serve my wife. My wife wants to serve me. And as a result of that, you know, we serve our children and we serve others. You know what? There's greater blessing in that than there ever is in serving yourself. Can you say amen? Decide to be ready for a harvest. John 15, 16 says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Say appointed. It's not just like a maybe. This is God saying this is what it is. Accept it. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that the Father may give you whatever, say whatever, whatever you ask in my name. So limitations, when it comes to our limitations, where the purpose of God is concerned, living by the principles of God. This is a principle. Jesus is teaching us here a, a principle, a law according to who he is, that when we come to the Father and we ask in his name, those things are going to be done. But for what purpose? To go and bear fruit. We're serving the kingdom of God when we go and share the things of God, the principles of God, the love of God, and we serve others. What happens is, is it all brings, 
it, it kind of brings everybody up together in life. Remember what I said uh, a few weeks back, Zoe life. Not any kind of life, but God's kind of life. Can you say amen? Under there, don't forget to ask for help. Don't forget to ask for help. Men, 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 are you here? Give me an amen if you're here. I know we don't like asking for directions. Dear Lord, I hate it. I mean, we can be driving somewhere and he's like, ask for directions. Thank God they came out with something called Siri. Siri, where do I, you know, because now I don't have to go embarrass myself that I don't know, right? Come on, men, isn't that the reason why? It's like, I don't need directions, but we're lost. No, I'm directionally challenged right now, but I'm not lost. Now, sometimes we're directionally challenged. We've got to ask for help. The greatest place to go, listen, it's not, it's not just that there's other people around us. It's the fact that we can all by ourselves, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. What's God saying is get on your knees. Call out to me. Ask me for help. I'll show up. Why? Because you're functioning in the, the purpose. If you will. Well, my purpose is just to do everything for God. No, the reality is, is that when I'm in my purpose and I'm living according to the principles of God, all I'm doing is connecting to God in relationship and helping others connect to God in relationship. That's really what it's all about. And what is that? When I get on my knees in the morning and I start my morning off in the word and in prayer, what I'm doing is I'm resetting my life. I'm resetting my heart. I'm resetting my mind. I'm resetting my voice. I'm resetting my hands so that I spend my day doing what the Father is doing. Remember Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. How did he... How did he only do what he saw the father doing? He spent time with the father. He spent time with the father. So he wasn't wondering when a circumstance or a situation presented itself. He knew exactly what he was to do. Can you say amen? Now, as I finish up today, I have a video to show you. and this, It's a video I, I saw on Facebook, and it just, um, wow, it just wrecked me. Because... When you think with regard to your purpose, living by the principles of God, the origin of, uh, of power, that it comes from God, it's always going to be to help others. Would you agree with that? When we, when we make the decision to actually do something, and we don't go tr- grow tired in that, in other words, we find those places of rest to stay our course and keep doing the something that we're living for, then we see a harvest. Now, this video I'm about to show you is of a man who in a very uh, circumstance was horrible. And in the midst of that circumstance, he saw a harvest. He saw that harvest. And he could have certainly grown tired because when you see the video, you're going to understand that, that how much he did and in the time he did with the circumstance it was, he, he wasn't willing to sit just idly by. He set his heart and his mind, his voice and his hands to do something about it. And trust me, he drew life out of that, that that all of us will be inspired by. But more than that, it brought life to others. That's what we're called to do in the kingdom of God, to share the message of Jesus Christ so that others might have eternal life. Watch this video.
here is the list of all the children. This is Vera Diamond, now Vera Gissing. We did find her name on his list. Vera Gissing is with us here tonight. Hello, Vera. And uh, I should tell you that you are actually sitting next to Nicholas Winton. Hello. <laughs> Can I ask, is there anyone in our audience tonight who owes their life to Nicholas Winton? If so, could you stand up, please? face did he find a purpose mm -hmm. would you say that uh, it was based in principles that would line up with God's word would you say that he found the power to carry out something greater than he probably would have dreamed that he could have done in that time I think so he didn't sit idly by he did something and in doing something, it wasn't just that. I, I would imagine he had days he was really, really tired carrying something like that out, living so private about it, rescuing those ch children. But ultimately what it comes down to is in that final moment, what did he do? He reaped the harvest. Now, I look at that in the natural sense and, and how moving that story is. What will heaven be like when we're sitting in that grand auditorium you know of eternity how many lives will we have affected how many will we have rescued from the, the clutches of the devil from the clutches of, of, of lies that lead to hell only if we're willing to embrace our purpose to follow the principles of God and lean on the power of God will we be, we be capable of doing something that I believe in, in the grand scheme of things is far greater because while they were rescued in this life and yes, they get to live, the question is, do they have eternal life? I want to submit to you, we have such great purpose. It is so important for us to constantly be seeking the Lord and resetting our life according to his purpose so that in that final day, in all humility, because you know what the Bible says, every one of us are going to receive a crown. But when we get before the throne of God, you know what it says we're going to do with those crowns? We're going to see and we're going to know like we've never known and we've never seen. The Bible says we'll cast our crowns at his feet. See, he makes us royalty. But there's something in understanding who he is to us that resets us. It resets us for what it's really all about. Can you say amen, saints? Would you stand with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you. Oh, we love you, we love you. We magnify your name. 
I thank you for every person in this room, Lord, the members that aren't here today. I lift them all to you. God, with all sincerity, it is my greatest hope that we would all have such genuine relationship and interaction with you, God, that we wouldn't see the, the Bible as just words written on paper, but we would see them for what they really are. Your word declares it, that they're living sharper, more powerful than any two-edged sword dividing asunder, separating joints from marrow, Father, uh, uh, soul from spirit, that God, we literally are able to see ourselves the way you see us, and Father, see ourselves the way that we can, can be in you. So Lord, today, I just pray for all of us that in our morning, when we wake up in the morning, God, so often we see it, okay, I got to spend a half hour, I got to spend an hour. Lord, we just take five minutes in your word, five meaningful minutes in your word, five meaningful minutes of prayer, Father, talking to you, and then five meaningful minutes, Lord, to just sit quietly and listen for you to speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Fifteen minutes in our morning can so reset our life that, Lord, not one day is wasted, not one moment is wasted in our life, but every moment of our life, Lord, is spent for its intended purpose in honor of you, Father, and for our very best, bringing about your promises, Lord, in our life. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty and precious name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, God bless you. Have a great week.